Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, we are looking back at 2022 and looking back fondly on it and uh, specifically uh, shows and coverage that I have um, I, I've been involved with uh, in the uh, in in that past year as we go into 2023 uh, we're talking about Lisk yesterday and we're going to talk about Lisk today uh, day two and Lisk for those who don't know is an acronym for Long Island serial killing or serial killer or killers and again I think that uh, it's important uh, to to add that to add that plural because I think there's more than one killer. It is um, also known as the Gilgo Beach killing or the Oak Beach murders. But however you slice it, it is an unsolved serial killing, and we are, um, <clears throat> I think, getting closer to it because of the people the men and women that are now in charge and it's a, a very positive thing and you know I guess look uh, nothing's done until it's done but I feel very confident uh, from what I'm hearing where I'm not screaming from the from the rafters as I have in the, in the past uh, I've done two different series on the on the killings and and the cover-up of the uh, of the killings which is much more significant than than uh, just saying that it's a uh, it's an unsolved murder. Uh, there's a reason it's unsolved, and we spoke yesterday about um, something coming back as as being um, a, a fact that that I started out and that it started out through Aaron Moriarty. Um, well, it, it was confirmed through Aaron Moriarty at uh, at 48 Hours and uh, CBS. She's done good work on this, and she has confirmation from uh, you know, on tape, on video, on uh, on film, whatever you want to call it, confirmation that the FBI was asked to leave by former Chief Burke of the Suffolk County Police Department. Uh, so many people, if you if you Google this, if you Google Lisk, or you Google the the Long Island serial killer, or uh, you know Gilgo, whatever. You will come up with endless theories, and a lot of the theories have to do with with Burke, and you know that Burke, uh, Jimmy Burke, the the former police chief, uh, who was the really the um, like a son to Tom Spoda, the former DA, who is currently in prison. He's doing a five year stint, and uh, last I heard in Connecticut, and Spoda is somebody I knew very well as I knew Jimmy Burke. And, you know, when I say well, 
you know, I mean, it's uh, they were allies and political allies, and uh, we split because of of what I thought was uh, was going on, you know, and and that there was this serious disconnect in trying to, um, I don't know, it seemed uh, they were trying to put everything under the rug, shove everything under the rug, and not get back to a uh to to trying to solve it and it just seemed insane because whoever solves this case is going to be a very famous individual and and the person that would would be become famous really would be the uh would would be the district attorney and for spoda who uh, tom thomas spoda who was first elected in 2001 for him not to want that kind of attention is is insane i mean public officials um you know want uh, attention and then when it comes to uh, getting themselves reelected and when they're past the point of having to worry about that uh, they want to worry about legacy or they want to uh, concern themselves about legacy and solving a major unsolved um serial killing would have put uh, you know, Spoda, Spoda's name in the in the record book, so to speak, for for a very very long time. Uh, it, quite frankly, the way it is now, the way things have gone now, uh, Spoda could have been you know an absolute hero with this, and the fact that he didn't solve it and didn't look at it, he's he's a villain, <coughs> and what happened afterwards uh to him he he went to prison along with chris mcpartland his right hand um they he's in federal prison in in texas and they went for covering up jimmy burke's crime against a guy named christopher loeb uh christopher loeb was a you know someone who who's uh, got substance abuse problems and he was he was caught um breaking into cars one of the cars that he broke into happened to be an suv owned by james burke himself and burke uh, had some questionable things in there sex related uh, material some people say snuff film but i i don't believe it i think he would have been charged with having a snuff film and for those who don't know what a snuff film is it's a, a porn film where where somebody uh, uh someone ends up uh, being murdered so uh, i mean it's uh, i i can't see the uh, us attorney's office looking the other way on that and burke had um you know uh, pled guilty you know as as soon as they came in on him they <laughs> they covered it up it's not like he came forward and admitted what he did wrong but what he did for those who don't know is after he found out that it was Loeb, um, he uh, and 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 other police officers went in and they beat the crap out of Loeb, and uh, and they you know they roughed him up and uh, really uh, Burke himself, the police chief, can you believe this? Beat the hell out of uh, you know a someone who had uh, drug dependency uh, for robbing his car, and. Um, yeah, it just shows how unstable Jimmy is as uh, as an individual. 
Uh, by the way, there's a book on on Jimmy Burke called Jimmy the King. It's written by Gus Garcia Roberts, and you know I'm I've got a you know a couple big mentions in in the book, and uh, you know it's uh, you know I thought he did a very good job, Roberts, with the uh, with Jimmy the King, but it is something that. Uh, is is pretty unbelievable. If you saw a, if you saw this develop on a movie screen, you you probably probably would say they should have wired it back a little. They should have walked it back a little because it's it it's too unbelievable. But it's a true story, and what happened with Burke is uh, is just you know it's just one of the things. I mean he was. He was arrested prior to Steve Ballone, the county executive, making him the uh, the the police chief. And um, he was, uh, you know, he he had all kinds of problems uh, with prostitutes. And a guy named uh, Guy Malone, man named Guy Malone, in a divorce proceeding, um, was going to out Jimmy Burke as being, a, he did out him uh, as being involved with a, a prostitution ring with the man's ex-wife. And he has evidence like you wouldn't believe. That man's name is Guy Malone. And Heather Malone is his ex-wife. And Jimmy Burke ended up living with Heather for, uh, you know, years. I don't know how many years, but he had a long relationship with her. And uh, and they were both found to um, have a, uh, a prostitution ring going. This is Jimmy Burke while he was maybe he was a sergeant, and and if not, he was a um, uh, he was a police officer while that was going on. And quite frankly, it's just it, it's it's just it, it's unbelievable. By the way, knowing all of that, the county executive Steve Ballone of Suffolk County uh, made Jimmy. Uh, the police chief. By the way, he uh, he very well could have made him the police commissioner, which historically is a higher ranking office. The commissioner is higher than the the police chief. Uh, the reason Jimmy was made police chief is he wanted it. Um, he was able to get his uh, his overtime, which added to his pension. The commissioner doesn't get overtime, therefore. Um, uh, therefore, it didn't help his overall pension. By the way, I think Jimmy still gets his his pension uh, after serving four and a half years in prison. Frank McKay here. We're going to sign off real quick, but we'll come back after some commercials. We're talking about Lisk, the Long Island serial killing, and, and I'll say also that I that I do not think I do not think that Jimmy Burke is the uh, is is the killer uh, by any means. You know, I. I I personally think the feds would have never let him go if uh, if they thought he was. Uh, but uh, certainly he's uh, involved in covering up uh, the serial killing. Frank McKay here. We'll be back with more after this from Lisk and Breaking It Down right after this. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back. Our part two of our second day of Lisk, the Long Island serial killing, killers, killer. 
however you want to slice it, LISC is the acronym that uh, stands for everything Gilgo Beach related. When you think Gilgo Beach, you just think about the, the mass murders. And, and when I chuckle, I, I just mean, uh, you know, I'm not making light of this at all as, uh, you know, very serious. But uh, all things Gilgo, when you hear the words Gilgo Beach, you're, you're hearing about a you're hearing about a, a serial killing. You're not hearing about the beautiful sandy beaches or anything along those lines. Gilgo Beach is now all about unsolved uh, serial killing or sex parties that are uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly involving uh, law officers, politicians, and, and prominent people from Long Island, and um, many of these these uh, people or reports coming back from different people involve uh, prostitution. And there's, uh, you know, look, there we don't know exactly what happened at these. We we could we could. Uh, um, make a pretty good hypothesis, an educated guess, because we're hearing from the sex workers what's, uh, what's been there. Anytime you try to get somebody on record who's gone to these parties, which I have, I could never get anybody on record, only off record, only on background of what's gone on. But there's uh, there's been all kinds of all kinds of um, discussion about uh, something called the wheel, for example, and and I'll tell you what the wheel is, and I'm I'm saying this with the greatest respect to the the memory of of these, uh, for the most part, women that uh, that lost their lives. One um, was uh, a male uh, a male Asian, um, I think is the is the name that the police gave to the unidentified body. And uh, Asian male, I'm sorry, Asian male, and uh, the that person uh, who they just found the remains of was thought to is thought to be a a, a transgender individual, so um, someone that was living or at least uh, working as a <clears throat> as a female, but was uh, biologically male, so Asian male is the name that they gave that in, that individual. And uh, that is the only uh, male out of the uh, category of LISC victims. The other outlier, the other individual that is, um, that is not, um, uh, you know, a grown woman is a, a toddler believed to be between 18 months and 32 months old uh, and and uh, that uh, called baby doe is what investigators and um, prosecutors eventual prosecutors have have uh, named that child um, and and it was a, a female baby uh, and uh, someone who had gold earrings and the individual that is connected to Baby Doe 
is a woman who is believed to be what believed to have been a sex worker and she's known as peaches the reason she was known as peaches is they they found a torso and her uh, her chest uh, on her on her breast there was a tattoo of peaches on uh, uh, you know on her her remains so peaches is the nickname that she was uh, she was given by by law enforcement and peaches is the individual the individual that um, that uh, is the biological mother of baby doe Right, so that's uh, you know, it's a connection, family connection. There, there are, and as I mentioned, those two, Baby Doe and Peaches. Peaches was found somewhere in Hempstead, and her baby was found um, in the Manorville area, so out east, eastern, more eastern Long Island than than what Gilgo is, and the. The remains of Baby Doe, and again, when I say this all, you know, let me just say it all with the greatest respect. I don't want to be flip about it. I don't want to be, um, uh, you know, callously just talking about it. But look, what we're talking about is just uh, the facts that uh, that are there. So Baby Doe was found, and, and again, I don't have the statistics, the statistics right in front of me. I'm going off of memory. 250 feet away from the remains of Valerie Mack. Valerie Mack is somebody we know exactly who she was because of DNA. And so uh, Baby Doe was found 250 feet away from, from Valerie Mack and not far, maybe 400 feet from them was Jessica Taylor another young woman uh, that was uh, w- that was working as a sex worker that we know about through DNA. So those four bodies, in, in, in my mind, and I guess j- just about anybody's mind, are connected because uh, Peaches, the torso of Peaches was found, although uh, found in, in Hempstead, the chances that her killer and her baby's killer is uh, is a different individual uh, would be just uh, too far uh, to uh, to imagine. Uh, they uh, we assume that they were found by the killer, unfortunately uh, uh, together, and uh, th- so these four individuals, those four individuals, uh, are believe. Well, I mean, I, we we would make the assumption. That they were killed by the same, uh, by the same murderer. Now, I, I have to say this, and I'll eat crow on on this. I was on a on a podcast, and they do a good job. Uh, I think it's called the Lisk Podcast. Mine was called the Lisk Series, but the Lisk Podcast, who's done it, it's done by uh, somebody named uh, Christopher Moss or Chris Moss. 
uh, M-A-S, I think is how you pronounce his name, and uh, another young woman, and, uh, you know, they do, a, they do a good job on it, but they're in Texas, and, you know, they don't, they don't get all that, that much information, uh, you know, on the ground, so to speak. They get, um, they, they get a, um, you know, information from, uh, from just, I guess, beating, beating the bushes and, and, uh, you know, just trying to find out anything they can chase down. But I was asked on, on that show about Bitroff, John Bitroff, who was in jail for uh, the murder of, uh, of different women that aren't necessarily connected to Lisk, if, if I thought that he was involved. And I, I had said, and I truly believed, that if it was Bitroff, and Bitroff was a, he was a carpenter, and he did a lot of work around um, Gilgo and Oak Beach, I, I said if it was Bitroff, I mean, Spoda and Burke and that whole crew would have uh, would have arrested him in a second. He had no political ties. He had no law enforcement ties that I know of. So what was the harm in, in just pinning everything on him? They arrested him. And uh, and they got him on on DNA of of a couple of women, but uh, I'm going to eat crow on this because uh, I said originally that I don't think he has anything to do with Lisk. I'm going to I'm going to do an about face because last Easter, last Easter I met some individuals that were were close to, uh, and I should say around Easter. Uh, I, I met some individuals that were very close to him, and they were people who loved him at one point, but they believe that he's, uh, uh, you know, that he's guilty completely of, of what he's being charged with, but they think it's beyond that. And I think there is a chance that, uh, that the four individuals I mentioned, Peaches, her baby, Baby Doe, and uh, Valerie Mack and Jessica Taylor, that they could uh, soon be tied to um, John Bitroff. And um, he, um, don't be shocked if that happens. Uh, what I don't think is I don't think he's tied to the uh, Gilgo Four, the four women that were, that were strangled for the most part. Um, in, uh, well, that were strangled. And, and found, uh, you know, relatively close to uh, to what we know as, as the Gilgo Oak Beach area. Uh, Frank McKay signing off just for now. Do a couple of commercials. We'll come back with more Lisk. Uh, day two of our Lisk talk and uh, segment two uh, just ended. Frank McKay uh, coming back right after this with more Breaking It Down. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back to segment three, day two of our LISC conversation. 
and segment three of, of today's talks. And as we move forward, a uh, very dark and very depressing uh, subject. And, uh, you know, again, uh, it has to be talked about because if it's not talked about, nothing is going to get done. And I'll, I'll, I'll take that back because I trust these guys that are currently doing it. D.A. Ray Tierney, uh, Sheriff Toulon is in there. Uh, the the police commissioner, Rodney Harrison, and, you know, and, they, and various uh, members of the U.S. attorney and FBI, they're all working together for the first time. And this is a departure from anywhere we've been prior to this. We have a, we have a situation, finally, where there's, uh, there's people that want to solve it. And that sounds, you know, funny or, or strange or, or, or sarcastic. Uh, you know, it, look, it's, it's a fact. They did not want to solve this. And uh, I, I think they're very close to a solve now. I think they're very close to a resolution right now. But uh, Steve Ballone, the county executive, clearly did not want to solve this. Uh, and and the same thing with Jimmy Burke because they would have done it a long time ago. And as soon as Tim Sinney, um, the former DA, who did nothing on this, I mean, we're finding out historically we're going to find out that nothing at all was done on this. And, uh, and until, until August 10th of 2021, where Tim Sinney was planning on, and we know this for a fact, I know this from people around Sydney, and I think this will come out in the wash, and uh, uh, Tim Sinney was planning on arresting somebody. The significance of that day it, it, it is uh, August 10th is getting close to election day when Tim Sinney was going to run for re-election. He had been panicking that he wouldn't uh, get elected, which he got crushed. I mean, it's not even <laughs> it's not even close uh, what happened to Tim Sinney. And I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll take a little bit of credit here because we, we went after him on it. We gave him an opportunity to talk about it, to do something about it. I was supportive of him four years prior. He did nothing. And, uh, and, and all the people, including myself, that were with him turned uh, against him and said, you know what, uh, in order to get this solved, we've got to knock Tim Sinney out. And I, look, I know you could throw journalism out the window when that happens. That's not supposed to be uh, what journalism is. But again, I'm not, you know, pinning the, the word journalist on me anywhere. Here I'm a commentator. Uh, here I'm a, um, and I've won journalist uh, uh, awards and journalism awards, uh, uh, through radio and TV, uh, but uh, this is uh, this is something that that's real life. This is a serial killing that was covered up. Uh, I know about it. Everyone else knows about it. A lot of people are afraid to talk about it. Uh, I'm not, and I I, I wasn't. Uh, not my favorite subject, of course. But uh, we forced. Uh, I forced myself to uh, to do it uh, because if Tim Sinney would have won. Uh, there never would be a solve 
on this. Uh, Tim Sinney and Steve Blone clearly didn't want it solved. What he was planning on doing August 10th is arresting a, a cop from Nassau County who, I, I don't know, could be a terrible guy for all we know, but one thing we do know is he's not the serial killer. He is not the serial killer. And um, he was going to try to get him on pings, and that's, uh, you know, the pings coming off of the cell towers, and uh, very weak and very, uh, very vague when you, especially when you're dealing with pings on a beach and the carry uh, from there. But the, the individual was a, uh, was a Nassau County um, resident who worked out of the city as a police officer, former police officer. So it would match up at least why some law enforcement uh, may not have wanted to uh, make an arrest. But this guy has nothing. I mean, I know the name. I'm just not going to say it uh, because he, as far as we know, has not done anything wrong. I imagine he has some prostitution ties uh, or, or some habits of prostitution. And um, and that's where, where Cine was going with it. Uh, what I did is as soon as I heard this and, and I was hearing it, I, I guess I could say he, he knows that I had leaks or he had leaks in his office, Cine, the DA, and I was getting a, a lot of it. And many of, uh, many of the people that he felt was close to him um, were, were disgusted with how he handled uh, the, the serial killing. And they, they wanted it solved. And they knew that I, that I was speaking in good faith you know, I didn't have an agenda. I didn't. I didn't dislike Sydney. Uh, you know, well, I, I certainly do, and and did. Uh, but I certainly wasn't. Um, I I didn't start out in this world as being anti Sydney. Uh, he you know he covered up a serial killing. You know, I mean, it's like plain and simple. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a, it's a fact. It's not even. It's not rhetoric. It's not. Um, it's it's not. Um, Maybe they covered up. They covered up a serial killing, and they sent all the the federal help away. Starting with Jimmy Burke and and Steve Ballone, after right after Steve Ballone took office, and uh, first thing he did was put Jimmy Burke in, and Jimmy Burke got rid of the FBI immediately, as we as we spoke about. Now let's go back to that for a second, because it's it's pretty unbelievable. A a police chief goes to the head of the FBI, Jerry Hart, and she's the lead agent on Long Island. And he says, we don't, he said, we don't want your help in essence, right? We want you to leave the investigation and leave it to us. So I'm sure she was like, what? What? What are you talking about? You don't want the FBI's help? I could see him saying, we want to lead and we don't want the FBI to be the lead on this. And I think the you know, FBI, the fact that they got out uh, would, would pretty much tell you that they were willing to take a, a secondary role, but at least give their, their uh, technology uh, help. I mean, they have helicopters. They have uh, special helicopters. They have DNA um, technology that Suffolk County doesn't have. That's that's not rhetoric on my part, by the way. That's uh, it's a fact. Uh, you you could you know you could ask anybody 
in the hierarchy of the Suffolk County uh, PD. The FBI has resources they don't have. It's just, it's a national organization, federal organization. Uh, they have tremendous resources and they have experts on on tracking and on uh, on DNA analysis and what I mean, it's, it's ridiculous the idea of kicking the FBI when you have a brand new serial killing that was only a year long um, uh, you know the the last thing I'm gonna when we get into our last segment I'm gonna uh, get into something that's just that's just mind-blowing and it's uh, it's not uh, speculation it's not you know conspiracy theory nonsense it's not um, things that you would just pick up on the internet it's absolute facts that I learned from uh, various uh, federal agents and uh, and and straight from the horse's mouth uh, the uh, the former the, uh, the the former um, commissioner prior to Burke uh, and, and Burke's predecessor, basically, uh, Richard Dormer was the commissioner. And even though Burke was the police chief, uh, he, he was the lead cop. Dormer was the lead cop uh, under Steve Levy, who was the county executive prior to Ballone. Um, Levy got pushed out and, and got scared out of office, giving... Um, $4 million of his campaign uh, chest, all of it, uh, over to, uh, to, to um, Tom Spoda and Jimmy Burke, by the way, who was running the DA's office with Spoda. Um, and that got Levy out, which cleared the way for Steve Ballone. And you could, um, you know, you could kind of uh, imagine why Jimmy Burke wanted to, um, or, or why. Uh, Steve Ballone was willing to put Jimmy Burke with his checkered pass, and um, Jimmy Burke obviously had something on Ballone, and uh, he saw what he did to the last county executive, and um, and they got him. They got they got the man. They wanted Levy out. They wanted Ballone in, and uh, that's where we go. But what I'm going to tell you next when we come back for the final segment is is just is shocking. Uh, Frank McKay. Uh, saying we'll come back right after this with more breaking it down and more on Lisk. We'll be back right after this. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's breaking it down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here with our final installment on our second day of LISC and the conversation that uh, comes along with our discussion on the Long Island serial killing, Gilgo Beach killing, Oak Beach killing, Long Island serial killing. For short, LISC, Frank McKay here, so much more importantly our discussion uh, as we go into our final segment touches on and I touched on it in the last segment uh, my conversation with Richard Dormer former police commissioner who's now the late uh, police commissioner he had passed away but before we 
before he passed, um, I had the good fortune to to interview him, and he was um, uh, he was very candid with me. It's a it's an it's available to anyone. The interview you can just Google Richard Dormer Lisk or Frank McKay, Richard Dormer, and you'll uh, you'll get it. And you could you could hear for yourself what he says. I'm going on memory, but the the biggest takeaway from Richard Dormer, and also you know keep in mind he was the commissioner as the serial killing was discovered. He called it a serial killing. He was the first to call it a serial killing. And um, and Spoda, the DA, ripped him for it. You know, ripped him for it. He didn't want him. Um, speculating on anything and and he was furious and whatever but you know it's almost the police commissioner I mean he had the right to give an opinion on that I thought it was crazy and I was supportive of Spoda uh, at the time and um, I thought it was crazy that Spoda was so irate over that it didn't make any sense to to a lot of people Hell's he, you know, getting upset about that? For obviously, it was a serial. It was a group of bodies. It was either the a serial killing or the greatest coincidence in the history of the universe that all these bodies were being found in the in the same area. So, this is what I think is is pretty shocking. There's another individual. He was the chief uh, detective. He was the uh, the lead investigator. And his name was Dominic Verone, Verone with a V. Um, so Dominic Verone, and he was in charge of the investigation. A Dorma was in charge of the police department, and you know, obviously, was uh, key in the investigation. And they were there from the beginning because they were there under under Levy. So. When Levy got chased out of office, it cleared the path for it cleared the path for um, Steve Ballone to get in, and I was supportive of Ballone. I backed him, and um, and you know really he was uh, clear cut. Uh, he he beat Angie Carpenter, who was a formidable candidate. Maybe not then, but certainly uh, you know uh, you know she's she's uh, always a power. Um, but she uh, she didn't have any money at that time. Um, she wasn't the the town supervisor of Islip yet. What was she? Was she? Uh, she wasn't a legislator at that point. Maybe she was the treasurer. Maybe she was the county treasurer at the time. But she had no money. Ballone had a tremendous amount of money in the support of the cops, and um, and and the the Dems were you know were, were on a roll. At that point, Ballone won, put Jimmy Burke in as, as his first move. And as they were taking over and they were in the transition mode, Jimmy Burke sent word that uh, that they wanted to uh, they wanted to meet Dominic Verone, who was the, the chief investigator of the LISC. Uh, serial killing investigation and and uh, and the commissioner and uh, Richard Dormer. Now both of them, both men, 
have said publicly that they, you know, they expected to be, be uh, debriefed. Dominic Verone's very careful. He's still alive, and he's alive and well, I should say. Um, but he's very careful. He he tries very hard not to um, criticize fellow police uh, policemen. And, uh, you know, you can understand why, and you can respect that. I, I have respect for him. I've spoken to him several times, and I have respect for him. Uh, I think he has too much respect for uh, for some of the individuals because they obviously engaged in a cover-up of a serial killing. So um, my respect for, for those individuals, or certain individuals, goes out the window with, uh, with the thought of the cover-up. So both men were expected to be debriefed, right? You know, what do you know? What happened? What have you found out with all of this? You know, all, all the different questions, all the obvious questions you would assume that they would have. So when Jimmy Burke took over as police chief, his guy sent message to, uh, to Dormer that they're going to, they want to meet with him and with Dominic Verone. And both men have said to me on the record and, uh, you know, um, other people on the record that they were asked no questions whatsoever. They were just asked to hand in their resignations before December 1st. And if they, I'm sorry, before December 31st of, of the year, I, I guess that was 2011 and, um, and Burke and Ballone took over in 2012. And, if they didn't resign prior to prior to um, uh, January first, that they would be busted down to I think captain. Uh, and what that meant is that both men um, would lose tremendous uh, amount of their pension, lose a tremendous amount of their pension, and. Um, be penalized for the rest of their lives financially. So they did. You know, they 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 expected uh, that they wanted to put their own people in. Uh, they weren't bitter about it. They weren't. They they weren't even one blink of an eye negative about it. They simply did what they were asked to do. But the surprising part, not surprising, the shocking part is that when they met with them, they asked them no other questions other than are you willing to resign, retire, I guess is a better word. They retired. So they handed in their retirement paper and they were all prepared, Dorma and Verone were both prepared. I guess they they got their heads together and their stories together and they spent a lot of time prepping. They weren't asked, neither one of them, were asked a single question about Lisk, about the serial killing, about the investigation, about the, their work with the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office. Not even, hey guys, who do you think did it? Hey, you guys have any idea who did it? Hey, you, you guys, um, who did it? Who did it? You guys know? Are you on to something? No. Not a single question. I mean, think about it. Not a single question on who did it or who didn't do it. So if 
anybody's wondering about cover-up, whether cover-up is too big a word, the first thing Burke and Ballone did when they took over is they kicked out the FBI. They kicked out the feds. They got all federal law enforcement away from the investigation. Insane, right? Absolute insanity. But it's true. It's a fact. The other fact is that they didn't ask the people who were investigating it for a year one single question. Not the lead detective, Dominic Verone. Not the commissioner of Suffolk County Police Department, Richard Dormer. Just listen to my my interview with Dormer. Uh, Verone didn't agree to be interviewed. I mean, he said certain things on on the record, and he said it to other people. But he he didn't he, he didn't agree to uh, to have me interview him. I have a um, documentary coming out on the cover up, and. Um, uh, it's it's all it's all about the cover up, and we'll uh, you know make that available and uh, very shortly. And it is uh, it is you know we have senators speaking, we have former um, uh, detectives, um, two former presiding officers of Suffolk County, which is basically uh, the the other power uh, in uh, in the county, along with Steve Ballone. Both of them know him and, and worked with him. Both of them are Dems, actually, just like Ballone, and they were very candid about the cover-up aspect of Ballone, which is which is really unbelievable. Um, residents, but uh, 10 different individuals we, uh, we interviewed. Uh, Frank McKay, uh, ending day two of our discussion on Lisk, the Long Island serial killing. Frank McKay signing off. We'll be back tomorrow with more on the Long Island Gilgo Beach serial killing. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.